The Paranet Podcast, a Dresden Files book club. Welcome to The Paranet Podcast with your hosts, Patrick Lunn and... Rob Davis. Awesome. Uh, so today uh, we're going to be doing a, a little bit of talking about uh, what's going on in the world of Dresden Files, the countdown to Battlegrounds, um, what we've been reading alongside Dresden Files, uh, and then we have our uh, book club uh, where we'll be continuing with Full Moon. Um, got some great chapters there. Um, yeah. I think that, that's uh, going to be the show today. Uh, so, uh, first of all, in our uh, para-networking section, uh, Rob, has there been anything from the world of Dresden Files that's kind of jumped out at you in the last um, week? Not really. I'm at that point where I'm just sitting in a rocking chair going back and forth, counting down the days till Battlegrounds, which is two months today, in the UK at least. It's not long. Um, but at the same time, yeah. I... Sorry. At the same time, too long. Yeah. Um, I'm. I'm kind of in the same boat. Um, I was just gonna pull out. Um, Jim Butcher's put a bunch of stuff about his cat Fenris. Yeah. Uh, who I just love uh, across social media. So if you're a cat lover, um. He, he takes his cat for walks with like a, a special cat harness, um, oh. which is pretty cool. Um, and yeah, there's just some great adventures of Jim Butcher and Fenris going around. Uh, so seriously recommend that. Um, I feel like, like Kerry would be into that. Yeah, I mean, we've, we've been taking Splodge out for walks on harnesses, but it's fine if we go in the back garden because she'll just attack grass. But we tried doing it out uh, front, and she's she's discovered that she can do some weird like swan dive somersault maneuver, and she can like get out of her harness. <laughs> but, I mean, luckily she's she's well she's well enough behaved that she'll get out of the harness and then just kind of stand there in a panic, being like, "Shit, what do I do now?" So you can easily just grab her in time and either throw her back yeah. in the house or put the harness back on, whichever one we feel like. <laughs> okay, so uh, there hasn't been uh, any releases from Jim Butcher yet on um, his website, uh, but I would assume that we might be getting some Battleground stuff teased in the next month or so. Uh, I'd be surprised if we didn't. Um, so while we wait for that, um, what else have you been reading at the moment, Rob? What are you doing to fill your uh, Dresden Files gap? I've, I've been in a bit of a slump with reading because um, be- before um, Peace Talks came out, I was, I think I mentioned I was about halfway through book two of Wheel of Time. And mm-hmm. like that Peace Talks came out and I just switched to that, burned through that in a matter of days. Um, and since that, since that wrapped up, I've just been like, I haven't gone back to Wheel of Time I've read a few pages of Terry Pratchett here and there. I've started reading Lost World Jurassic Park. Um, I know I just keep picking whatever books closest to me at the time and flicking through a couple of pages. I haven't had any like commitment to anything else yet. 
I can get that. Yeah, I mean, I've been, meh. <laughs> just one of those moods, you know, you're just kind of like, ugh, I'm so emotionally exhausted from all of the uh, peace talks and all of the Dresden I've caught up on. <laughs> what about you? Yeah, so um, I'm uh, a big Audible fan um, and I've been on a, a bit of a, like a fitness kick recently. So uh, I've been doing quite a lot of um, walks and I find audiobooks really good for going for walks. Um, so I recently downloaded the new um, audio adaptation of Sandman by Neil Gaiman. Nice. Yeah. Uh, which is incredible, starring uh, James McAvoy and um, an absolutely just incredible cast of uh, pretty much everyone that's ever, like, uh, every English actor that you can imagine uh, pops up at one point or another. <laughs> um, it's absolutely superb. I, I cannot recommend it enough. I didn't think it would be possible to adapt Sandman in any form. I really don't feel that Sandman should be done as a uh, TV series or yeah. film because of the way that it is. It's, it's very like interesting because I I was a bit sceptical of the um, audio adaptation of Sandman up until I think I caved, it, I caved in and just read a review on it about a week ago mm. just because I know like there's, there's been a film in production since the beginning of time um, They've had like, I think Netflix bought the rights to it about maybe five years ago, and as far as I know, that's still in development in some kind of way. But I mean, yeah. like, like you say, if you if you've read the comic books at all, it's so trippy, it's unreal. Like, <laughs> I don't. It's it's going to be one of those things where it's like, how can they adapt that and adapt it well and faithfully? But I guess audio. It is really a different kind of medium that gives it the chance to really explore all that weirdness. I think the cool thing about it um, in an audio format is that they can, they st there's still a, a level of ambiguity. Like when you read a comic book, um, you fill in the sections between the panels. So the constantly shifting dream realm you mm. can create in your mind. And I think um, audiobook has a similar kind of uh, feel to it in that you're getting the soundscape then you fill in the uh, yeah. the visuals and that allows for a bit more uh, dramatic license I guess um, but I think so and it's something that they really they really play with um, through it especially when in the scenes with, uh, in, within Dream Realm um, but yeah I I, I, I it's uh, it's the perfect, I think, format uh, to if you wanted to have uh, celebrities and such um, uh, interacting with this. Um, I think it's the right format for it. I probably wouldn't um, carry it across into anything visual. I mean, I'm sure they'll they'll do it justice. Um, American Gods was another one that I I thought was going to be. Uh, crazy to put on on screen and amazon did a great job with it uh same with good omens yeah that's true 
Um, so it, it'd be interesting to see to see what they did. But uh, yeah, so so that's been um, kind of my focus for the, for the last week. Um, still doing lots of D and D prep. Um, so descending to Avernus, uh, which is all kind of like hellish stuff. Uh, really enjoying that. Um, and yeah, I think that's it. I'm uh, comic book wise, uh, things are a little slow at the moment. Uh, I'm not quite sure why, but Amazon seems to have slowed down with their deliveries. You can't seem to get uh, any new releases on Prime, which um, is annoying. Yeah. Uh, so I've got a few um, a few comic books kind of on my uh, to read list. Uh, the Marsh the Martian Manhunter solo series uh, I've got now. Um, Flash forward, which is. I call him Kid Flash, but that's not really who he is. Uh, but um, the not Barry Allen, the other one, Wally West. Wally yes. West. Um, it's uh, Wally West finding out what's going on with the multiverse, leading into uh, the new metal crossover. I can't remember what it's called, like Metal Apocalypse or something like that. Um. Which, yeah, is uh, lots of fun. I, I like that the DC Universe is doing such a big epic story at the moment. It's, it's absolutely insane. Um, I'm also really hyped for the new X-Men crossover, Swords of X, um, which seems to be teasing that it's going to create division in the X-Men, which, you know, I kind of needed after they all got happy and yeah. unified. Um, so yeah, that's that's uh, my reading at the moment. Fair enough. Well, it sounds like you're busier than me on that front. I keep, like I say, I just keep picking things up and then putting it down after a couple of pages and rinse and repeat on various different titles around the house. <laughs> but we still at least have Full Moon. Yeah, that's probably been my only consistent thing at the moment. <laughs> I feel like th- three chapters a week is very doable. Uh, <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> no matter what mood you're in. Um, which is why we chose that amount for the podcast. Um, so I guess we'll move on to our book club then. May as well. Yeah. Um, so last time in the Dresden Files, uh, we had a couple of really intense uh, chapters, actually. Um, So, uh, last time we kicked off with uh, the uh, Harry and Marcone facing off with one another. Uh, Marcone offering Harry a position um, and then Harry turning it down. Uh, Harry then headed back to his house, uh, consulted the demon, Chaun Zagaroth, um, about information. Uh, Chauncey then tried to trick Harry into giving away his full name. Uh, Harry refused and banished Chauncey. Uh, and then we got a call from Murphy taking Harry to the house of McFinn. Uh, he rushed to a luxury apartment on the Gold Coast and found his ex-apprentice, Kim Delaney, dead. Uh, it looks like someone sabotaged McFinn's circle to keep him 
which kept in contain, and Kim was trying to make a new one but failed because Dresden was not able to help her in the first chapter of the book. Um, Murphy then decides that Dresden is involved uh, thanks to the note that she picked up right at the beginning, uh, which has the same symbols as the circle, uh, and roughs him up uh, pretty brutally um, and takes all of his wizarding items from him, leaving him pretty much powerless. Um, and that takes us into uh, chapter uh, 13. And Rob, do you want to take it from there? Yeah. So we, as per usual, we start off almost exactly where we left off. Um, Harry is led out of McFinn's house and in full view of the police and the FBI to a police car. And I especially like that because everyone's like, you know, pulling that face of like, oh, shit, they finally did it. Or, you know more disbelief as opposed to believing that they finally arrested him. Um, once in the police car, Harry sees a pair of glowing yellow eyes, which turns out to be Tara West, who is the well, well, not werewolf. We don't really know that yet. So I don't know if that is a spoiler or not. Um, and also, I don't know if that's true anyway, but um, she rocks up and she is the woman from the shopping, the abandoned shopping department with the Alphas from mm-hmm. very early on. Um, she she offers to you know rescue Harry, tells him, you know, we're, we're going to have to run now because we don't have much time. Um, Harry's doing the whole, you know, why should I go with you? I don't even know you. Um, and she explains that she is Harley McFinn's fiancé and lover, which, you know, if you're trying to find Harley McFinn, that's probably a good enough incentive to... Uh, run with her i guess sort of mm-hmm. um in the in the escape harry is shot in the shoulder um tara and harry use a hedge maze for cover and tara hauls harry over a fence to escape <laughs> and we'll get to why i love that scene in a few minutes um harry creates a wall of misc to protect tara as she gets over the fence and harry eventually passes out from a mix of fatigue and being shot, I suppose. Um, in chapter 14, Harry wakes up in a motel where you know, he's been bandaged, his handcuffs have been broken, um, and Tara is telling Harry that, you know, you need to leave now. At which, Harry being Harry, he protests and tries to turn the situation back on Tara, but she says that she has called the police and they will arrive soon. So... Harry tries to use, you know, tries to make eye contact to use a soul gaze, finds out that he can't perform one on Tara, makes, you know, makes her a creature of the never never. Um, Harry goes with Tara and the pair arrive at Wolfwoods. Tara is caught in a trap and McFinn captures Harry. Chapter 15. Harry uses magic to shock McFinn, and after a few tense moments between the two, Harry and Tara all decide to stop and talk about the situation. Harry sympathises with McFinn and agrees to help him, but he also realises that the stuff Tara is doing with the Alpers is a secret to McFinn as well. Um, The police catch up with the trio, and they decide to split off in separate directions to kind of avoid capture, I guess. Uh, Tara is caught while Harry and McFinn seem to escape. Cliffhanger. (laughs) 
Yeah. Um, so how did you find the chapters? I enjoyed it because I think I don't, I I remember Harry getting arrested by Murph, and I haven't used my catchphrase for a few weeks now in the graphic novel that I have only read of Full Moon. But um, I remember Harry getting arrested, but I remember I don't remember this whole bit, you know, of him being rescued and fleeing. In my in my memory, he gets arrested, he's in a cell, and then other shit happens, which I think probably does happen in some capacity later in the book. I can't remember. But um, no, I liked the kind of. I know I, I felt it had a really good balance of humor as well, like especially when Harry gets shot in the shoulder and he he helps Tara get over the fence, and he's like, "You need to help me up now, because I'm about to pass out." And I, I don't know if that's because I was listening to the audio and the narration for that. Just James Masters delivers it with such deadpan, like it's like, "Oh yeah." Help me, or I'll pass out now. <laughs> Where I, I don't know. I don't know if I would have read that differently if I was reading the book itself. But no, I, I feel like James Masters delivered that with a little bit of humour, which I really enjoyed. I like. Uh, I, I'm never sure whether it's called a terror or Tara. Um, I I prefer terror. I think. Yeah. Um, but Tara West's uh, reaction to it is just like, yeah, okay, cool. I'll just have to throw you over the fence then. <laughs> um, she, yeah, she's very practical, I guess. Definitely. I'm trying to think. I, what... uh, I, I really, really enjoy these chapters. Um, Mostly because uh, it's it's quite fun to see Dresden having to work outside of the law. Yeah, that's something that I really appreciate, especially... I don't know, I don't think we get it after this book. I think we only really had it in the first book where Murphy tries to arrest him, and I think we get it here. And I, I don't think we get it in any of the future ones I can't really remember off the top of my noggin. Not not really. Um, well, not, he's not more seen same... like... Not to the same extent, anyway. Yeah, he he, he tends to more be an ally after this um, mm. to, to law enforcement, but um, the scene with him being like on the run, um, there's a there's a great kind of th- through line through these chapters where Dresden's like, yeah, the FBI agents um, might be approaching this in one way, but I know how Murphy thinks and. She knows how I think, so it's going to be really difficult to kind of outsmart Murph. Yeah. Um, and like, the, so they go to Wolf Woods uh, to find McFinn. Um, and Tara's like, yeah, uh, there's loads of different places McFinn could be. The FBI will never track us down to here. And Dresden's like, it's called Wolf Woods. Murphy's going to go straight to this one. I just know it. And sure enough, she arrives within about half an hour of them being there. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, uh, again, really good chapters. And um, we get... This is the first time, really, that we've had kind of prolonged exposure to a a creature from the Never Never. I suppose Bob, maybe, but... um, 
it's it's interesting to see the way that Terra and Dresden interact, I guess. Yeah. Um she almost comes across as a little I don't know, uh I would almost say like like a little bit autistic or something like that, where it's very um her way of thinking is just that's slightly different from the societal norm. Yeah, I kind of get what you're saying. Animalistic, I guess. Yes. That's not to say that people who are autistic are animalistic, but I no, know. I was, I was yeah. just thinking with, with the theme of it being like werewolves and stuff, I guess that's kind of what they were going for. Yes, definitely. Definitely. Um, but uh, it's stuff like uh, calling calling the police to the motel to make sure that Dresden has to move. Um, I mean, that that's like almost sociopathic, but uh, it works so well um, and and really boxes Dresden into a corner where he has to get behind what she's doing. Um, yeah. Um, so uh, we've got a couple of things that we want to talk uh, pull out here. Um, so yeah, Murphy as an antagonist and um, kind of Dresden uh, having to uh, having to avoid her. Um, how do you how do you find this side of Murphy? I I mean, when I read it in the graphic novel, I I found it really annoying that she was just kind of, especially in the first two books, felt like more of an obstacle like than an ally an, uh, an ally. Sorry. Um, mm-hmm. but reading it now. I think I enjoy it a lot more, and I don't know if that's because we 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 joked around a couple of weeks ago about um, it would be really cool to have a Dresden book where everyone thinks it's magic that's being used, and it just turns out to be like a serial killer or something like that. And I, I think that really works like super well here, and partly because it's not a magical antagonist that's going against him that we get in, like, future books, where it's, like, a vampire, uh, fairies, or anything like that. It's human. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel that's something we don't get very often, especially after this book. So it's kind of interesting to see... I know, it's, especially with the magical world, that kind of looked down on humans as well, where they're like, ugh, well, you're not a threat because you're a human, whereas Murphy being a bit more of an antagonist here, or going after Dresden... I, I feel shows a bit more of what humanity is capable of and that they are more of a threat than I know like the supernatural world gives them credit for. There's also an element of um, Dresden's much more empathetic to humans. Yeah. Um, like he's never going to throw down like fireballs and waves of force at Murphy because he's just not she's human and to be honest it's probably going to kill her mm. um so it creates these these situations where dresden's hands are tied and he has to do stuff like the the fog cloud the mist um in the hedge maze which um maybe wasn't the the most effective spell he could have used but it's kind of like he's got a balance protecting murph and escaping from her Mm. Um, which I, I really like. Um, yeah. 
and it makes a, a um, kind of more challenging than a, than a lot of the the big bads that he can just smack about. Yeah, um, it makes her something um, that he has to, he has to just run from uh, in one way or another because he can't really stand and fight. Um, and at the same time, it's it's great to see that bullets still hurt wizards. Um, Agree. Even though he's got all his magic and shit. Although it does, I can't remember. He doesn't have any of his magical gear with him, like his shield bracelet or anything at the moment, does he? No. So he's just having to pull off like big, imprecise spells. Yeah. Which I seem to make him pass out. <laughs> <laughs> Working without the um, Yeah. Um so we've we've kind of touched on Terra West, but um I guess uh just a little bit more on her. How do you find her as a character, like uh, a good character, a great character, or or just annoying and kind of an obstacle? I, I feel it's a bit early to tell. Okay. At the moment, but um I mean, what we've had of her so far, I quite enjoy. And I think, I mean, like, like we say, just because of her behaviour and the choices she's making, like she rescues Harry from the police, but then to get her, to get him, sorry, to leave, she then calls the police. I just find it very, I don't know, I, 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 I quite like it, like just how how odd it is. Yeah. You definitely get a feeling that she's not of this world. Yeah. Um, in how she approaches, or like how she approaches trying to get McFinn as well. She she kind of uh, like treats it more like trying to hunt an animal. Yeah. I suppose. Um, uh, it, it's. It's quite subtle, but it's in a lot of the dialogue in how how she talks and such. She is very otherworldly. I'm trying to think of who it reminds me of, but I'm not really getting any clue. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I, I, I mean, I messaged you at the time saying that I think that Zoe Saldana would be a good terrorist. Yeah. Um, and and I think it's because. I kind of saw a bit of like the a bit of Gamora um and a bit of the Navi uh, from yeah. Avatar in yeah. that kind of more alien way of uh behaving which Zoe Saldana is very good at. Yeah, I can get behind that. I was just thinking um Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the character I think the character's Anya. Oh yeah. Yeah, like when she's first introduced, her first couple of seasons, she's a bit because she's like a demon that's been around for like thousands of years, and now she's no longer a demon. She doesn't really know how to interact with people properly. Yeah, which I, can I guess see that. A, yeah, it creates a bit of a comic relief, I think, in the show. But it, I get that kind, a similar kind of vibe, I suppose. So we only get uh, Terrorist in this book, and then she's kind of referenced a few times in later books. Um, do you would you have liked to have seen more of her? Yeah, I think so. 
I think one of the reasons we don't, and I feel this book is like the least referenced, like out of Agreed. all. The, and I'm wondering if that's because, like we like we've said a couple of times, that a lot of fans kind of see this as the weakest book in the in the series, and I'm wondering if it's um. And one of one of those things where it wasn't really part of Jim Butcher's plan to have this book, maybe, because I know that um, his other series, Codex Alexa, can't even friggin' say it anymore, Codex Alaria. That whole series was apparently uh, spawned off someone, you know, challenging Jim Butcher to a bet of, uh, I bet you can't take two ridiculous concepts and make it into a good story, and he was like, give me two like ridiculous concepts. And it was like Pokemon and the Lost Roman Legion or something like that. And he turned it into a six book series. But um I'm wondering if it's a similar <laughs> I'm wondering if it's like a similar thing where like he did Stormfront and someone was like and he, he explained his whole like background for like the vampire mythos or something like that for the books. And someone was like, mm-hmm. Oh yeah, well, I bet you can't make a werewolf interesting. And he he was like you want to bet, and then just did this book. I, I, I would not be surprised. Yeah, nor would I, but I just find it weird that it's just never like none of the events of it, are, it feels like none of it's really ever kind of referenced again, not even I think there's the odd mention of werewolves here and there where it's, I mean, apart from the alphas of course, but um, mm-hmm. outside of that, there's not really anything like, oh, I want a few years ago, I had a run-in with a werewolf, and it, it was nasty. You don't even get stuff like that, really. Not to my memory, no. no. I mean, we'll probably get proved wrong in a few episodes' time, but... <laughs> um, yeah, it's... I I really... I like the character of Tara West. Um, I think she could have been slipped into some of the other plots um uh like i would have been totally cool with her being at the uh vampire ball in uh the next book i think yeah um like because uh, that that's kind of a uh a coming together of various magical factions so it would be interesting to see her her rock up there um and especially in the more recent books where we've had a lot of representatives from the magical community, um, she would have been a, an interesting character just to be around and to kind of check in with. Um, but I think, like you say, there is a, a certain amount of... Um, uh, an unwillingness to go back to full moon. Uh, yeah. And I don't. I'm sure we'll talk more about why that is um, as as we go on. But um, at the moment, I'm. I don't really see the weakness. No, so I mean, I felt like a couple of episodes ago, the chapters were. It, it kind of felt a bit overwritten in places. Like it was dragging on a bit. It kind of hit a, a tiny slump. But these three ones, kind of, I felt made up for it a bit. Yeah, and I, I really enjoyed. The last three, I like the stuff with uh, Chauncey and um, even Bob going through like the different types of wolves. Yeah, uh, 
I always find really interesting, like the law established there. But uh, I, we'll we'll have to see how it goes, I guess. Um, yeah. So I guess the, the last thing that I want to talk about was um, how Harry and McFinn deal with each other. Because um, something that I really like about the scene when Harry gets a chance to talk to McFinn um, is that he's not super understanding. Yeah. At first, he's pretty angry at him. Like, he's like, do you remember killing Kim? Um, and I think that this is so often when werewolves are depicted, we always get it as like, a, oh, poor them. Uh, like, it's it's such a curse and it must be so hard to live with. Um, and it's very rare that you get someone being like, yeah, but you knew you were going to kill people. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I guess just how, how did you find those scenes? Again, I really enjoyed it. And I feel, I know McFinn really reminds me of that whole Sons of Anarchy archetype I was mentioning with the uh, Street Wolves. Mm-hmm. But I kind of imagine him as just a big burly guy with lots of hair. Yeah, I mean, he he said uh, like he's described as aggressively masculine. Yeah, <laughs> but um, which I love. No, I, I remember liking the character. He, from what I remember, what we see of him here is basically all there is to him. He's a bit short-tempered, hot-headed, and is kind of always at you know quick to anger, I guess. Mm. But I don't. I, I honestly don't remember there being that much to him beyond that i could be wrong but um yeah i mean he's passionate about the environment is the other thing um but it's kind of it's kind of depicted as though that's for selfish reasons too because the whole northwest passage project uh would give him a, a a sanctuary essentially to just run about in wolf form yeah uh and they don't really explain if, it, if there's anything more to that, McFinn's kind of like, oh, yeah, like, I, that, I guess that's the reason that I'm supporting it, but uh, there are other reasons. Uh, and he looks at Terra, but they don't really go into it more than that. Uh, maybe they do in later chapters, um, but they haven't yet. Yeah. Um, I like... I, I like the, the, the playing between... Uh, Dresden and McFinn. However, um, I find the way that McFinn and Terra um, interact with one another feels very strange and doesn't really feel like a couple. Yeah, I kind of get what you mean. Like, um, they don't seem to be very affectionate to each other, which, fine, some couples are like that. And I suppose Terra is particularly different um but i i don't know it just in those in those quiet scenes it would have been nice to just had a had a moment or two where mcfinn uh and where we got to see a little bit of mcfinn and and tara's relationship i i just don't know how they they fit together really yeah um 
And then when it when it, it also seems that Terra's been lying to McFinn, or at least not telling the whole truth with the Alphas and such, um, I'm a little bit like, okay, so you're willing to risk your life for this guy, but you're also not sharing all your stuff with him? Yeah. In, yeah. I don't know. It's a bit weird, but... <laughs> um... Yeah, was there anything else you wanted to, to pull out here? I'm, I'm kind of aware that we've, we've done a really short episode here today. Yeah, it's not, I mean, it's not really much to pull out other chapters other than they've been a lot more faster paced than the previous ones. Hmm, and, and what we've covered already. But I guess, I guess we're being introduced to these two characters as well, so we'll find out more about them as we go forward. So there'll probably be a bit more to say about them in coming episodes, I expect, and hope. I think if uh, this sort of trend of short chapters continues, we might need to to up to four chapters, just so we have a little bit more to talk about. Yeah, we can can always see how it goes. Yeah. um, But I think, really, that's that's about it. Um, We are heading into uh, some really kind of action-packed scenes uh, after this. Um, the whole like animosity between Dresden and Murphy is really good uh, and continues to progress from here. Um, and yeah, we're, we're kind of around the midpoint of the book now. Uh, yeah. So... Um, the Dresden launches... The butcher lunch is butcher is lunch, waiting. Uh, so yeah, things are about to about to heat up, and I guess uh, just join us for that that ride. Um, yeah, do you wanna do you wanna kind of take us out, Rob? Uh, yeah, as per usual, check us out on iTunes, download us on Spotify, review if you want. Um, follow us on Instagram, Twitter at Paranet Podcast. Uh, next week we'll be reading chapters 16, 17, and 18. If we cover an extra chapter, then I imagine we'll be posting about that on Twitter or Instagram, both, I imagine. So if that does change, then... Follow us on Twitter to get all our updates. Yeah, follow us on there for the update on that, I guess. Um, otherwise, yeah, crack open a can of Coke, sit back. The weather's getting good again. Uh, and yeah, you've been listening to the Paranet Podcast with your hosts, Rob Davis and Patrick Lunn. Yeah, thank you very much for listening and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.